And a very good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to the Sports and Media Podcast. I'm Jeff. And I'm Joe. We are live on Facebook as well as weiu.net. We appreciate you tuning in. This is podcast number 54 already, Joe. You believe that? We're halfway to 100. Halfway to 100. Well, maybe, sort of. <laughs> yeah, kind of. I'm not real good at math. That's overrated. Well, uh, we could talk about many things, but I think we should talk about, first of all, the Major League Baseball playoffs, because you are a Yankees fan, and your Yankees are down 0-2. Came back and won three games and have advanced to the American League Division Series. Well, I'm not going to go on and talk so much about how excited I am about the Yankees, which I am. You know, it's, <laughs> it's really exciting when your team wins, but really about fandom and how media covers it, I'm really more interested in is that uh, a couple of several days ago, after Joe Girardi made that perplexing decision not to challenge, challenge play, that yeah. play, which pr- could have, probably would have gotten them that one game. Um, he was suddenly somebody who doesn't. Uh, That's a St. Louis fan, I think. They're uh, windy. Uh, baseball, what's that? Yeah, it's, they still, still play, play baseball in St. Louis. No, not right now. They not now, of course not. Which stadium is clear? Um, Sorry, Wendy. <laughs> but I, you know, I, I, the perceptions changed so quickly. Joe Girardi was suddenly the worst manager in the world, even though this is one of the top three to five managers in baseball. This guy is exceptional, and then he does that Mia culpa in the press conference, and he's almost kind of. Teary. He was almost crying, yeah. but he wasn't quite. And people are suddenly, oh, we like Joe Girardi. I mean, even in New York, it's considered this really harsh town, but you need to show emotion and love and all those other things. And he has. I don't understand it. I agree. But now suddenly it's like, oh, maybe he will be back. Why wouldn't he be back? I, I don't understand why. You know, he's one of the best managers in baseball. He's proved himself. Just like the Red Sox, you know, firing John Farrell. They were the 20, that, was a, that was a poor decision, I think. champs. They've been in the playoffs 16 and 17. Um, I don't remember what they did in 14 and 15. I know they had one bad year, but, I mean, he's been there. He's right there every year with the Red Sox. So Wins a uh, World Series, fights cancer while he is a manager, comes back, makes the playoffs several of these years. This Red Sox team this year, I mean, I, I, you and I don't know the ins and outs yeah. of the daily and uh, 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 the daily schedule of the teams and, you know, um, what's happening for the pitching and the metrics. But I can tell you, is it seems that if you win a World Series – Within three or four years, and you're in the playoffs, especially this year where it seemed like they weren't picked to win yeah, this they division, yeah. and they make and they win the division title, and then Joe Girardi, who's won a World Series back in 2009, which I know is ancient times for Yankee fans, most of them, but this is a team that's supposed to be 500, and you're thinking about whether or not you should go. Yeah. A lot of this is being fueled by media people. I mean, fans are certainly like that, but... Um, there was a lot of people calling for Joe Girardi's head, and there was a lot of people, I guess, who I, I haven't read as much of the Boston market, but I'm, I'm guessing that they might be doing so up there. And I was thinking, you know, we're thinking, well, who's going to replace these guys? These are the big market teams, big name teams with gigantic fan bases and a lot of pressure. Uh, I mean, I know not that the Yankees or Red Sox can't find a manager, but I mean, they're in, you know, good. I think they're, they were in good hands. Obviously, Farrell's gone now. The Red Sox are on a search. And now Joe Girardi's probably will get a new contract from the Yankees after that comeback win. I would, uh, he deserves one, in my opinion. He, well, he and Farrell both yeah. deserve him. Uh, I always feel bad. Like even now, Terry Francona, they're probably going, "Oh, what's, what's the matter with him?" Okay, this guy's one of the best managers in baseball. He's a great guy. He's a great manager. You know, Farrell's not quite in that level, but he's right below it. But you know, I mean, you're talking about the the, the Maddens and 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 the, and, yeah. and Francona's. Well, and these these are awesome. And I'm always amazed how well did you? I don't know if you watched afterwards. I did. Uh, Francona was talking afterwards about what happened. This is a professional. This is what some people fail to recognize is that win or lose, you go out and talk. And he yep. 
But he was even more so. He was so candid in his conversations. Yeah, he, his post-game interview, he's a, he's a professional, like you said. His interview, he said exactly what happened, you know, and it, it's it's terrible. He feels bad for the guys. I mean, you know. The, That's what he the, felt mostly the bad The players for are, you know, they're, they're down. They're up 0-2, lose three games in a row. Heartbreaking, you know. They give up the couple runs at the top of ninth. It's really kind of, you kind of know it's over then, you know. 3-2 going in the bottom of the ninth. I think the Indians have that fire. But when you give up those two in the top of the ninth, it really did hurt a little bit. But, oh, that deflated them, yeah. yeah. I mean, you can tell by the – I love seeing the fan shots. That, that, that just it breaks oh. your heart. I'm not, well, it didn't for me. But, well, I, you know, but, but, but not, I could empathize, yeah, absolutely. You, you, you know, not, I'm not an Indians fan either, but when you see the, the lady at one time, you know, she just got her hands on her face and she's real close to tears. You know, that, that's I remember being a Braves fan and so many times that happens. Now that they don't make the playoffs, I just get to watch other teams lose. Yeah, see, it doesn't break your heart in the World Series. It just uh, bores you during the season. Now, one thing we were talking about last night, a little bit last night, was the fact that, you know, when you look, when you get into these playoffs and the, the overanalyzation by the managers of when to take their pitchers out <laughs> and and they're reliant on analytics and I'm I mean I know analytics are here to stay and you can't really say anything bad about them but I tell you I I, I just don't get it Joe Joe Madden is he reminds me so much of Bobby Cox in the early '90s where he just overthinks everything. I believe in this philosophy. I've coached a lot of sports on a lower level, obviously, in my life. Play your best players and good things happen. When you overanalyze and you try to do matchups and situationals, I think you lose. I, I think in the playoffs they are going counter to the metrics, a lot of them. Um, maybe not Madden, perhaps, but think about the, the Indians. Last year, Francona was the one who went, well, I'm bringing in my closer in the fourth, fifth, yeah. sixth inning. Goes counter. It's counterintuitive, although it worked perfectly yeah. well that's becoming actually the norm now but when he did it it, it was yeah. not but he and, did bring in andrew miller awful early last night but he uh, had to stem the tide he right? had to i thought i mean i you and i and i probably none of the fans know the best time to come in i mean they, they don't know metrics can't tell you exactly gut can't tell you they're looking at things because francona said why did they pull pull up pull out kluber it, it wasn't this one wasn't a metric so much it was he said that his balls were coming in flatter because he relies on, on, on a lot of the, with his with his off speed and his sliders. The sliders they have to cut and they have to yeah. go go in or out depending on you know what side of the plate you're you're at. And they were going flat, and he sees that. You and I can't see it yeah. from afar. You're we right. probably wouldn't see it if we were there. No, not unless you just you know. He no, and no. the pitching coach, you know, yeah. knew that, and they and there's something must be going on with Kluber because he didn't start game one. But people are going after him. Why didn't he start game one and four? Well, he started games two and five. Well, yeah, he started. What's, start, what's the difference? You won him two games, and Bauer pitched awesome game one, so it doesn't matter. It's just like Madden last night, you know, taking Lester out with two outs of the eighth, and everybody goes, well, he was losing it. I would rather have John Lester losing it than Carl Edwards or any reliever they're going to bring in right there. Lester's been there, he's again a professional. Three or four more pitches. When you, you know he had three or four more pitches in him to get out of that, and then you got two at bats to get one run instead of two at bats to get five runs, which pretty much deflated the Cubs. And now the way the Major League Baseball schedule is, the Cubs and, and Nationals have to get on a plane, fly all the way across the country last night, and play again tonight. Which I, I, it, it, I just don't understand what the, what the hurry is, and these teams can't get proper rest. So tonight we're going to see Game Five elimination. But during the season they do that stuff all the time. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. But in Game Five elimination, now you're going to see. I think a two tired teams now i know the energy will get going and everything but it just I, it, I don't get it it makes no sense to me why major league baseball is so just rigid on their on their timeline of games and things i, I think the teams deserve a night off when you when you, when you travel I, I think what you're talking about i i then they were supposed to have the travel yeah. but I, I understand and i agree with what you're talking about last week i think it was about the rigidity of it all 
But in this situation, I don't mind it so much because there was a rain out and, and the other teams are ready. And it also emulates the, the regular season a whole lot. So they're both, they're both getting the same problem. The bigger problem is like, say, the Yankees flying out maybe or, or if the Cubs have to fly out after that or the Nationals yeah, the following day after that. Then I think at the end of a series you deserve a game. But during the series, they could, but it doesn't bother yeah. me too I think much. The NLCS is scheduled to start Saturday in L.A., right? So they'll... They'll yeah. fly out Friday morning, probably. Right, yeah, right. So Which isn't, I mean, for a long flight and everything. But, yeah. um, I, you know, and also the, I was looking at some of the ratings. The rating, I don't know if you know the ratings came I, out in Forbes magazine. You did not see them today, no. Um, they they usually hit it. And Major League Baseball this year, I was looking at some of the numbers here. Last year, I remember Major League Baseball teams were number one for all TV shows in nine cities. Yeah. This year, it's twelve. Hi, Terry. And in two of the cities where they number two, it's only because another baseball team bumped them out in the L.A. market and also in the New York market. So 14 markets, I mean 14 teams in 12 markets, it's the number one TV show. Baseball. There's nothing like playoff baseball. There's nothing like playoff. And I'm talking about the regular season. Okay, yeah. And then the playoff baseball numbers are coming in really hard. It's the number one cable show out there. Um, it, it, it's, it's something that's, you're right, there's nothing like playoff baseball. There's nothing like it. It's. Um, Have you watched the, the promo on TBS where in the seventh inning they're actually asking you to go off of the TV and go on the internet and watch this little, like, ha- the, the, the different way they, it's a promo. They go, go online for a minute and watch this promo and then come back to TV. So they're really, TV's starting to be interactive with the net. And I think TBS is really the first station that I've really seen in terms of major markets uh, and in terms, you know, major networks that are doing that. Well, I don't think they do it five ten years ago because you actually had to go to a computer then now you're just sitting on the couch going oh let me check my phone there you go which which i haven't seen that but did you check i did not check it because i'm not that much of a geek but i but (laughs) it was funny that uh who's the lead uh ernie johnson's like well we're we're asking people to go away he goes man times have changed he had a really good line it was kind of neat that you know but it is and we were all we've got two or three things going on at once you know and and the numbers just a couple more things from the numbers um in 2014 to 2017, the numbers went up for the total number of people on an average night watching Major League Baseball. This year it didn't only because, I don't know if you've read much about in L.A., they're having a big fight oh. with their Fox Regional. Yeah, only... if they, so they're not in almost any market. Yeah, they're not on TV. They're not really on TV. If that were on there, they easily would have had their fourth straight year of an increase in people. Think about this. Every single night in America, right, about two and a half million people are watching baseball. Yep. Every single Every night. Every single night. You know, it's not once a week like the NFL. We're talking about, oh, you know, if they're on more than one night, then the numbers are going low. So, I, I mean, again, I don't know what sports number one, but baseball is clearly not dying. But the thing will be for media, they're relying on less cable money. What's going to happen to Major League Baseball and any other sport that's relying on these regional sports networks when people start streaming and like MLB.com? I mean, uh, they're getting packaged part of like the Sling and Hulu and things like that. I wonder what's going to happen money-wise and also dissemination of the games. It's going to be interesting. When the next contracts come up, and that's why you've noticed a lot of these last contracts they signed have been longer term to let people figure out along the way what's going to happen. It was, it's smart on you know the TBSs and the ESPNs of the world to sign long-term contracts because Things are going to change. They are changing, and they're going to change change more dramatically in media over the next two years. The Roku and all the kind of stuff that's out there that you can watch games on. You can watch. My kids were telling me they could watch games through the uh, the video game they play. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. the Xbox. You can do it. There's an Xbox One. That's what Buck Stevens said. I need to work on my IT skills. No, I just want to watch regular TV, Buck. I don't. You know, (laughs) those days are gone, old timer. Old timer. 
I'm hanging on to the to what I like, and so that's where the money. Follow the money, and the, still the main money is going to to, to big TV. But well, also follow the audience yeah. where they're going too. But yeah, I mean, yeah, it's yeah. it's, it's there's lots of changes in foot. Any idea who the number top any top three um, for TV markets for baseball? I would have never guessed top three. Of, I would say Houston, Kansas City, and Chicago. Uh, no, number one, it's uh, Cleveland, the Indians, the Royals, then the Cardinals, then the Red Sox, Orioles. And then Tigers and Cubs. Oh, wow. The Yankees aren't in there because they don't have as big a part of the market in the New York. And, and, and people yeah. are watching it, but not to the same percentages. And the Yankees seem to have one of those fan bases that, even like they said in the, in the broadcast there night, it was really the first time that they felt Yankee Stadium was alive, was in Game 4, in terms of the new Yankee Stadium in the last like four or five years. They said that place was rocking like the, you know, never before. I don't know if you heard the broadcasters talking about it. So I did, and I didn't, I didn't agree with them. Uh, I, I don't know that... They, yeah, I don't know. I just was thinking... I'd be more interested to talk to Michael Kay, who announces the games on television, uh, or John Sterling, or any of the crew for those. It was certainly very, very vocal, but I think it was also that it was a game, game four was trying to get them all excited about that. Your fa- your, one of your former students, Jacob Kimmery, says, Cubs are going to wrap it up tonight. You remember jo- Jacob? Yeah, oh yeah. Right. He coached soccer for my daughter. There with you go. My daughter, I saw him too. the other night. So yeah. he'll have a big Cubs fan uh, uh, party I, at his place. I, I'll be curious to see if they do. It'll be, uh, are you going to watch? Oh, gosh, yes. I, I want to go home, get all my stuff done, do all the honeydews, and by 7 o'clock I want to be in in chair and, and, and watching. I love – and this is it. This is a you know, winner-take-all game. Game fives and game sevens in Major League Baseball and, and hockey are the best. And tonight – uh, I mean, I'm a, I have a lot of friends who are Cubs fans, so I'm, I'll root for the Cubs tonight. Well, here's the thing about regional baseball. I mean, baseball is that it's regional. If your team loses, I wonder if any Cleveland Indian fans are going to watch many of the games after this. No, because I'll tell you why. I, I, I watched a lot of playoff losses with the <laughs> okay. Braves. A lot of play- Once the Braves were eliminated, I did not care. And this is when I was into it. Like in the no, ni- I know. In a the, lot of people from like are 91 like 91 to 99, when your heart every, every year got broke, really, other than one, is once the Braves got eliminated, I was done. And then the 2000s, and when they got made the playoffs early, there a few times i it's same way I, I didn't care i switched right over to football and said i'm done I, I couldn't do it so i don't think any indians fan will watch tonight now if it gets to game seven of the world series maybe the casual fan or the indians fan will come back but it's tough to watch baseball once your team's eliminated well let me ask you this when the steelers get eliminated do you watch the rest of the playoffs i'll watch a little bit but i won't watch with that like i can't it's not what you oh it's not I have to be their TV if I if I catch half the game or whatever I will. But do you it's think it's different TV. between football and baseball? Because I I tend to see that as a trend in people I've talked to as well. I don't know if it's true, but people who if they if your team loses in the first round of the football players are like an idiot eh, fan. Okay, like, yeah, when you're an idiot fan like I am with Steelers and Braves, I no, think and it, I mean I don't mean idiot. I mean yeah, like you're hardcore. You're, I think that's you're what I'm all saying. in, but your team loses. Are you going to watch any more NFL? NBA, NHL, like if the Penguins get taken out, are you going to watch any more of the NHL no, playoffs? No desire. Yeah, yeah. I think I the only think... sport that do you think the only sport that's different is the NFL? Maybe, maybe because NFL is so popular and it's it's on Sunday afternoons and it's times when you're just kind of home anyway and it's on. So I, it, you you might be right on that one, Joe. Because I and I, I don't know if I am, but I mean, think about the other sports that we watch and we love: NBA, NHL. Uh, those both have 82 game seasons yeah. uh, and another 82 in the playoffs it seems yeah. and then baseball has 162 football only has 16 so if you just want to watch the Penguins or you just want to watch the Braves you can get your baseball fix every night yeah. if you're an NFL fan you only get it once a week, so you're willing to watch these other games. I wonder if that plays a part in us wanting to watch other NFL games. I don't know. I, I think you do because you look forward to the NFL season because you know it's just 16 or 17 Sundays plus a couple of Sundays, uh, where you know baseball is every every night. You know, every you know for, from April 1st to November 1st, right. it's every night I can find a baseball game on TV. So you're probably right. There you go. 
Uh, I guess we have to move on from baseball uh, to, to continue our uh, our fifty fourth week of consecutive. Let's talk about what's going on in the NFL, not on the football field. Are they playing on games too? They will play games. Okay, this weekend. I wasn't sure about that. But of course, uh, you know Roger Goodell, Donald Trump, Jerry Jones, the Eagles players. Everybody has an opinion of what needs to be done. The only thing that hasn't been decided is what needs to be done. This is becoming every week. I think it's going to go away. It gets worse. I mean, in terms of the firestorm and just what people think and the you know, social media and you know the. Donald, it's just crazy what what's happening with whether players should, uh, you know, protest in any form or fashion during the national anthem, before the national anthem, or after the national anthem. Your thoughts on what's happening in our society right now? It, it is it's mind boggling. Well, I, I think like lots of things, just not not unlike the political election. There is that uh, a lot of people don't. A lot of people think that their feelings are as um, significant as the facts. People and, and and if I feel a certain way, then it therefore must be right. Instead of acknowledging there's other points of view, I think that's a part of what's going on here. And then the other thing is people misinterpreting. This is not about the flag. This not is not about, about, about the, the national mills. anthem. It's not about the military. It's not about the police. Although I guess it is a little bit about well, yeah. the police, but not not really. It's about social injustice. Those are the two right. words that you keep hearing on all fronts. It's social injustice, and that's why there's some form of protesting. All right. Now, my opinion is that they have got a lot of the. We, we're we're aware of social injustices. I think you know. Are we all doing enough about it? I don't know. Um, well, we're never doing enough about what, these things. How that's, do you do it? I, I, here's a thought. If the NFL wants this to diffuse, don't listen to a president who's inflaming this, literally throwing fuel on there, and cause, and actually, in part, causing a division between the owners and the players. I think this was starting to settle down a little bit. Yeah, and, then, um, and then we have comments from the president, and then Jerry Jones says, I'm going to bench everybody. He's not going to bench his team, his pull his team, because then all of Texas will go in there and lynch the guy. And then, this, this is not going to happen. And then Jerry Jones comes back and says, well, I was just trying to take the heat off the players. Well... It wasn't the he wasn't the, the players liked the heat. They love the attention. They, yeah, they live in the limelight. And he wanted some limelight. Terry Johnson wanted to know if taking a knee is going to impact attendance. It's not had an impact attendance or viewing right now. People, are they still? I mean, the only teams that aren't are the teams that the teams haven't embraced them, like the Chargers. Yeah. They're not LA's team. Yeah. They're not going to fill it out. It has nothing to do. If they went back in San Diego, they'd probably be filling out the team. People aren't going to walk out after spending fifty, a hundred, hundred fifty dollars for tickets out of a game. Oh, you kneeled. I'm out of here. Yeah. Why not? Why doesn't the NFL? The players would want this. I would think anybody wants some action, right? When we talk about issues, I, I always drives me crazy when people say, "Why are we doing this to raise awareness?" Okay, you got awareness. Now, what are you going to do with it? Why not have the NFL? If I'm the commissioner, I'm going to say, "Okay, let's get some players from each of the teams uh, and a put a panel together and let's start discussing these. And what are some things in an NFL that we can address in communities and do something about it?" And You've made an action, the kneeling stops, and maybe something positive comes out of it. And I but think, no, let's start telling people they don't have the rights of free speech. Oh, it's I, a workplace. And I really God, believe there's an easy way to do about that right those? now. Each week right now, there's between one and four bye weeks, right? Yes. All you have to do is each week, Roger Goodell and a couple of media people from you know select markets or whatever, get together with a, two or three players from each of those bye weeks who have the week off. 
and have a Wednesday night roundtable about the social injustice talk. Put it on NFL Network and stream it and ESPN or whatever can carry it. Who cares? Who cares? It Everybody can carry it if they want, like a news conference. And each week, we get to see all these different players from all these different teams talking about what, what they've been through and start to get the word out. And maybe we can educate some of the people that don't get the social injustices that some of our African-American athletes have been through. And then there's actually some quantity to all this rhetoric. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, that's action. That's something being done. And bring in police people, uh, law yeah. enforcement. Because I can tell you, police officers want to do the right thing. Yeah. I mean, most of them. Just like in any profession, there's always those, those idiots. But they want this to be done right. So you get these conversations going. That's all anybody wants. We don't know what we want out of it. No one wants the, 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 the players, the owners, the people in communities. But we knew, know that... Let's do something yeah, about we gotta it. We got to quit yelling at each other and actually have some you know, get together. You know, there's a lot yes. of sizzle, but no steak. Well, we need the steak now. So let's start having get-togethers with the bi-week teams, the commissioners, and me- members of the media from those markets or out of markets, police officers, and every week we talk. It's only week five of the NFL season, so we could put together. You, they could put together a ten-week series every Wednesday night or whatever night you know works best for the when you're off week on your bye week, and let's talk and get something done. That's an actual pro- byproduct of something that could happen. I don't understand why a guy here in Charleston, Illinois, me and you had to figure that out for the NFL. You'd think there would be smart enough people at the NFL and at some of these NFL Players Association meetings that say, that would get the word out. It doesn't seem hard to me to get two people together and talk and this that we're asking a group of people together, but I think it can be done. Yeah, and I know a lot of issues are a lot more complex than they think. Like, we've, we've suffered here in Illinois. We had suffered for two and a half, two years without a budget. Yeah. And, you know, you could have grabbed a couple of people in Charleston and some other communities got together, and we would have gotten a budget. And I realize that's a simplification of it. But in this case, it really is kind of simple. There's some things to get things started. We don't know what the answer is, which is far more, more, far more complex. But everybody says but we, we have, have to talk we're, about we're it. going towards something. Exactly. We're acting upon something and not just talking about it. I agree 100%. Hey, I, I got two other things. Oh, go ahead. Uh, one of them. Um, a lot of people watching on Facebook saying we're doing a good job. So thanks, Buck Stevens and Terry and everybody who's sending in questions. We appreciate it. Go ahead, Joe. Awesome. Uh, Jamel Hill. I had her on my list. Okay, well, you go ahead. No, I and I will say this. I'm a Jamel Hill fan. I think so she, am I. I, I think she is uh, a talent at, at ESPN. She's been suspended for having her opinions about um, you know the protests and everything like that. Um, but I've I've read some of some tweets from other ESPN people. I've heard of even actual Mike Greenberg on there talking about Jamel Hill's suspension, where you know they all have their opinions every day, um, and then she's the one who gets suspended. I actually think this is going to elevate her career in in terms of long term because I think someone's going to scoop her up because she's a really bright and has some great ideas. I think it's wrong that they suspended her because you know what. If you want to go back to the free speech, and if uh, um, I don't care what kind of contract you sign with your employer, she didn't say anything egregious. She just had an opinion. It was really an analysis. It was, she she wasn't telling people to go do something. She was simply saying, "If you don't if, like it, don't go to the advertisers. Go boycott them if you want." Which she wasn't mean? saying to do it. But she's saying, yeah. she, and she even said that would be a smart thing to do yeah. if you wanted to. And she's absolutely right. What is wrong with that statement? It's a it's a nice analysis. Um, if whether to do it or not, that's up to individuals. Yeah. I, she's become a lightning rod, I think, for anything that she says. And I agree with you. She's very talented. I don't think she's doing this to become elevated for because that wasn't even a sensational thing. That was no. that was very mediocre. Real, I mean, not mediocre, but very bland. Oh, I've very heard bland. I've heard other people on that network, include Stephen A. Smith, say worse things in terms of what how I feel about you know athletics and things like that. Um, you know, I've heard you know morning shows and other people really go off on tangents about individuals and people that 
and this is this was very yeah like you said it was it was low key on the scheme of things if you don't like it don't use the dallas cowboy advertisers that's you know that what's that is to me that's not outrageous i think the people oh it, it is outrageous it's absolutely outrageous <laughs> it's because espn has connections to the nfl and they're covering it and talking about it at the same time but still they allow other people to say similar things to along those lines. I don't think I just, about this. It's Dick just wrong. Vi- it's Dick wrong Vitao everywhere. Dick Vitale owns horses with Rick Patino. You don't think that's a conflict of interest? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, but Dick Vitale's still going to be on ESPN next year. <laughs> and every time they can put his face on there, you know, talking about how great these coaches are, it, it drives me nuts. I have to touch on this next one, Joe. I don't know if it's on your list or not. Go ahead. Soccer. Soccer. Right. United States soccer team did not make it to the World Cup next year. I don't know what I'm going to watch now. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to watch some old Dynasty episodes, I think. So, New one's coming out, so I'm really excited thoughts, about that. Uh, the media basically, the day after, just went out and basically said, U.S. soccer people should all be fired. We need a new team, new coaches, new management, new sponsors, new everything. I mean, they just went after U.S. soccer. You're a soccer guy. <laughs> Talk about it. Well, it's kind of funny because I bet I – bet, I don't know what percentage, but a high percentage of those people don't know a damn thing about soccer or how the U.S. men's national team is run. Um, they did make a change of coaches, and the new coach, Bruce Arena, did a much better job than the previous coach, but they were in the middle. They were already in a tight bind, and there were some problems. I mean, should we be getting beaten by a team like Trinidad and Tobago? You know, that's about uh, – it's a very small country. People have made connections to, oh, Iceland, a small country got in. Yeah, but they had different teams they were playing against too. Yeah. Uh, the fact of the matter is – in the United States, our top athletes, even though it's growing, are not going to soccer. They're going to baseball and basketball and football. Maybe then soccer is next. Maybe. I mean, I, it's not. Whereas young women in the United States are flocking to soccer, and that's one reason why the U.S. women's national team is the best in the world. And, and that th- this is a situation where the men are judged against the women, and the women are the ones who are more popular, bringing in the most money, doing everything else there. The men, it's just not caught on yet. Base soccer is growing. If, if, uh, and, and here's the other thing that people have got. Do you know we're one of seven U.S. We're, we're seven countries that have been in every World Cup since 86? Seven. So think no. about it. Every other country's had it off year. I mean, yeah. I mean I, I'm, even I'm, France did, then they won it in four years. France yeah. won. Uh, I think one year I recall England not being there. I mean, if you're talking about the seven, maybe the seven are like Germany and Brazil and Argentina, and I don't know what the other four would be. Uh, Mexico's in there almost every year. But there's, there's one of these – this is one year we're not in there. So I don't know that you have to implode it. I don't know what the answer is because I haven't analyzed it enough, but I know enough to know that you don't just suddenly tear something up. It, it is embarrassing. For a country our size to do that, on the other hand, is it really that embarrassing when we don't really put any resources into it? It's You know, in a way, it's kind of nice <laughs> that we don't win everything because we're thought of as the big bully anyway. So it doesn't bother me one bit. This is going to this is really going to hurt sponsors. Whoever has no, the contract. Fox is going to lose $200 million. They are going to lose a lot because a lot of people are not going to tune in. Even though we never really have a shot, at least people tune in well, for a couple of games. Yeah, well, and it you, gets them excited about the other teams. Yeah, then you, find, then you kind of find a team you kind of you latch on to as you watch some. The, that's right. what I've always done in the past. I'll, I'll root for this guy after Illinois. Or, See, I love it. I'm going I'm to be in front of the TV. I love yeah. the U.S. I mean, the, the World Cup. Are I know you? you're not much of, of a fan. I'm a, you know, I, soccer's okay. I don't, I don't, I'm not a hater, but I'm just, it's not what it's it not. It hasn't grabbed your attention yeah, yet. Yeah. Plus, we have, we have so many other things. It, so, yeah. 
Who has time for yeah, all of those? We're things? Almost that time you said you had one. Of the Two things. things. One, we can talk more about this next week. But uh, I had heard briefly, and I'll have to check this out. That I don't know if you saw Roldis Chapman at the end after he threw that last pitch, struck out the final batter, and you see him just screaming. He's just yelling into the screen. Dan Lebertard, who is Spanish, said he was apparently screaming something, uh, the Spanish version word for genitalia. Uh, and then and you could see his mouth going. But if you don't know Spanish, I'm just okay. I wonder if someone had been. But we see people saying the f bomb. Oh. I, I guess the last thing is. Have you seen any of these ads for the National Football Foundation? There's this woman. She goes, I'm Pam Martin, and I'm a mom, and my right. kids play football. It's, it's interesting how the National Football Foundation and all these other groups are trying to now push, hey, football's not that bad. I'm a mom because they know moms are making the difference here. Yep. That's a smart me- – that's a real savvy move, don't you think? Oh, it's a, it's a real smart move. And, again, it goes back to what we said. If, if people do things right, you don't get hurt that bad. Now, there are, there are always going to be injuries in every sport, but it's all about doing things right. And, you know – People love football, and if you do it right, it's fine. It's just one of those things that people like to latch on to, oh, it's dangerous, and it's CTE and all this. It's, it's not all about that, you know. But it is, but it, it's a smart ad. And I saw the ad the first time last night, actually, so it was pretty good. Yeah, I saw it this morning, and I started doing yeah. some reading on it. Um, and, and I guess one final thing. We're 10 days away from the Super Bowl of cable television shows. And that is? The Walking Dead. It is. The, oh, we got to start talking about The Walking Dead again. Yes. yes Pick yeah. it up next week, maybe. Yeah, it will be. The, the first episode is October 22nd, I believe. A week from Sunday. So that is. Yeah, that's true. I'm, I'm so excited about this year. And all, by all all accounts are, it's really what some of the people have got to see the previews have said. It's, it's really good. And, they, and they're kind of getting back into more action and, and more walkers and things like that. So, well, they need to. Yeah, they need to. So. Do you know Fear the Walking Dead, which I have no interest in, is the number two cable show? You know what? I've, I've started watching it because it's gotten better. And it, it had to. Well, because <laughs> it, it, what they did is they figured out what to do, and, they, and they've really had some really see, some scenes that are unbelievable in terms of some stuff. So I've, I've watched about the last five or six, and the two-hour episode is uh, season ender is this weekend, and they've done a good job. It, it, it was terrible. The first five or six episodes, worst TV ever. Yeah, I saw it. Then them. I gave up on it, and I started watching it again, and, and they've kind of got away from the inner city stuff, and they're out in the desert, and uh, it's kind of open, and they've, and, they've, and they've really thought some really good plot lines. So it, it's worth going back on. Damn it, I don't need another show to <laughs> Watch. I know. Damn sorry. it. <laughs> All right. We went way too long. We appreciate everybody tuning in today. So I'm Jeff. I'm Joe. Have a great day, everybody.